this is not about you earning God's favor, him liking you more. This is about you loving him more. That's what these spiritual disciplines are about. That's the invitation the author is extending. You're listening to The Chopping Block, a weekly podcast from City Life Church where we have short, informal conversations about the Bible and the meaning it has for our lives. If you didn't get the chance to catch last week's sermon, I'd recommend going back and giving it a listen so that you can pick up with us where the sermon left off. All right, well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, City Life Church from Pastor Andy. It is 2024. And Brett Wiley. It is 2024, which feels like we had movies that thought the future was not going to make it to 2024. No. But we're here. We we made it. (laughs) We made it. Well, we hope your New Year's gotten off to a great start. We know that lots of people make resolutions, develop rules of life, whatever you want to call it. One of our resolutions is to be consistent on the chopping block starting this week. We think this is a good resource for us just to break down the sermons and also to just to engage with some of the, your theological questions this year. So we're excited to jump back in. We kind of did a, you know, we, we took a step out of our Matthew series to do a, this week and next week to do some first of the year sermons. This week was out of Hebrews chapter 5, kind of dealing with reflecting on um, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with the Word, where you're at, just in your spiritual vitality, right? Yep. Um, and so I think this is a great time for us to do that. But before we jump into the actual sermon, New Year's, do you have a practice, Andy, in terms of reflecting how you try to utilize this kind of season to to maybe think about how you want to grow, you know, is that something you do? Is that something you not do? Are you for it, against it, anything in between? No, I mean, I've definitely made resolutions in the past. Um, I'm not hyper either direction. Right, right. I I definitely think it's healthy, Um, and it doesn't have to be at the beginning of a new year, although I think that's a helpful cultural rhythm to to live into as believers. I mean, I definitely think that it's healthy to – Occasionally reflect and see where you're at. Take an analysis of your life. Um, and I I don't think resolutions are a bad thing. I think you've got to be careful about trying to grit your teeth and white knuckle your way into right. whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, I've found that I've been most successful in my resolutions uh, when prayer was involved, dependency on God, accountability, when community played a big role in it. Yeah. Um, I think resolutions are actually done best in community and not in isolation. Find some people that are going after something similar, um, pull them in and hold each other accountable. I think that's a, you are way more likely to actually follow through Yeah. with some accountability, with some community um, and certainly independency and in prayer than you are trying to do it just through sheer willpower. I I saw a stat yesterday online that said 67% of gym memberships never get used. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Isn't that Uh, crazy? Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, I mean, I think for me, I think the most helpful times when I've used this season maybe well have been less about just writing down a bunch of different random goals and more thinking about, you know, our habits form us. Like what habits need to die in my life? What habits need to grow or be started this year? And yep. so that's that's really where I, like what does healthy spiritual habits look like for me? My my high school basketball coach used to say, "Good habits are hard to form, bad habits are hard to break." Right. He said it all the right. time. It's and true. I, and I'll risk a little vulnerability here on the on the podcast. One of the habits that I need to work through in my life is I, I'm trying to lose some weight in 2024. I'm one of those guys. I tip the scale ways I don't want to right now, and so we're shooting for. For some some serious poundage off, and you guys can hold me accountable. Ask me about it if you see me if you're a lot in, of fried rice. If you're in Brett's city group. Or a big, greasy burger. He's inviting accountability right now. Not legalistic, but just, you know. you know, Moderation. <laughs> portion control. Well, that actually yeah. is great because our text mentions food in a spiritual sense, right? Uh, let me just read the first three verses here because I think it would be good to for us to hear him again. This is Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. We have a great deal to say about this and it is difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. What, just right off the bat, what's the, the author of Hebrews, what's his concern for these, this audience that he's writing to right now in this moment? In context, he mentions this guy named Melchizedek. Right. Who is this figure that shows up in Genesis 14. And we're told in Genesis 14 that Melchizedek is a priest of God most high. That somehow, I mean, this is at the start of the Jewish faith, right? Like um, Abraham is chosen by God. It's it's three chapters later. So we don't know how, except that God must have revealed himself to Melchizedek. But he's, he's a priest of God Most High. And his name means king of righteousness. And so this king of righteousness, this king of peace, Abraham encounters him on his way back from rescuing his brother-in-law lot right and it, and we're told in genesis 14 that abraham paid a tithe of all the spoils that he had just gained to melchizedek um so it's a fascinating episode and then melchizedek serves abraham um bread and wine and so it's this interesting episode and then it just disappears like melchizedek goes off the scene he he totally goes off of the radar in terms of scripture until Psalm one ten, where David prophesying about the Messiah says, "You're a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek." Strange, enigmatic, yeah. uh, you know, prophecy there that goes completely undealt with again until this moment. And so, what the author is saying is, "Hey, man, I got some things to tell you." Um. I, I want to dig in on this Melchizedek guy, but he feels like he's stifled from being able to do so because of 
the believers that he's writing to their lack of growth, mm. their spiritual immaturity, their spiritual immaturity, their lack of depth. And so he says, I have a great deal to say about this, but essentially he's like, I'm not sure if I can, because it's, it's a nuanced deal, man. It's difficult to explain. We're going to go deep and you've, you've grown lazy yeah. in your reading of the Bible and you haven't progressed. Yeah. And you kind of use four words to describe what you called, I think, defunct spirituality. Is that right? Is that how you uh, said it? Stunted. Stunted. Spirituality. Sorry. Defunct would have been nice because it would have gone with my <laughs> alliterated right. Ds. So stunted. And, and the first two words are really drift and dullness. That, that have you drifted, like the, the way this, this uh, text should make us reflect internally is have I drifted? Right. He says you word. have you have become too lazy. So he yep. doesn't say you're too lazy. He doesn't say it like in a just in a like absolute state. Right. It's in the perfect. He's saying at one time you weren't and you've become yeah lazy. You've there, so there's this you know digression. Um, it's a drift. It's a drift. It's a heart drift. So you know this could be said. You know, I think often we we as pastors are uh, put forward as kind of super Christians. Like pastors, they have it all together. They're they're perfect. They they don't struggle. But this this is not just about no, no pastor's wife has ever made that assumption. Right, 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 right. right. Or pro- projected that on a right. Pastor. But just with your, your your statement a second ago, this this is not just about like. Newborn Christians, this is about maybe Christians who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, but then have allowed themselves to drift. Oh, yeah. And this can happen to all of us in different ways. Well, we have so many examples in the scriptures. We have so many examples in church history of guys who started well Uh and didn't finish well. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like King David, you know, started really well. And then there was this drift. And and that's ultimately, I think, what leads to the Bath, Bathsheba episode. Um, and you see it time and again with with guys in Scripture. And for us, for our people, as they reflect on their relationship with the Word right now and kind of where they're at in 2023, this can happen in subtle ways. What, what What's this look like to begin to drift? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think... Not only your time in the word, but your approach to the word. Yeah. You know, where's where's your heart? Is it is it a devotional posture or is it a duty posture? Mm-hmm. That can be subtle, you know. You don't always feel like, you know, camping out in the word. Right. Um, so I'm not saying one day is a sign of drift, but I'm saying if you look over a season of your life and go, man, this really feels like drudgery. There's a chance your heart's drifting. Um, I think I think your relationship with sin is a great indicator. Yeah. Um, have you grown comfortable with sin? Numb to sin? Are you prone to minimize sin? Um, does your heart break over your sin? You know, as you think about your relationship with falling short of the glory of God, like we're all going to fall short. How do you respond to it? Yeah. I think it's a good indicator of drift. 
Yeah, are you quick to repent? Are you quick to I think another to acknowledge? Yep. I think another is your relationship with worship in the body of Christ. Mm. Um are you are you quick to let anything take place of of worship? Right. Are you quick to let let anything take place of city group? Again, like there are there are reasons why we miss. Um some valid, some not, or less valid. This is more like, hey, zoom out a little bit and look at the pattern of your life. Um, a healthy believer loves to gather with the saints in worship. A yeah. healthy believer wants to be in a setting of community and fellowship and prayer and encouragement. You know. Are you drifting? I think I think those are some clear indicators. That's for good. Me. Some indicators for me, you know, some some authors and teachers and pastors have helped me just think through some habits. And again, like, what do I go to first thing in the morning? Like, mm. is one good one for me? Like, is 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 the ESPN app the first thing I open, right. or my emails, or what? Or my first thing on my knees, my first thing opening the Word. What what is getting my attention the most? And and usually. Uh, on those seasons where I'm beginning to feel dull or distant from the Lord, I, the word becomes less and less a priority. Yep. And other things just continue to 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 uh, grow it out or cloud it out. Um, and he kind of goes on to talk about give a kind of a picture or analogy of of what's going on in these people's life by saying, you know, you should be teachers. You ought to be teachers by this time but you still see, need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. What's the picture here for us? What's he trying to say about um, what the just a normal Christian life, what, 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 what a normal Christianity should look like when it comes to the Bible, theology, and, and our understanding and growth? Well, in every other facet of our lives, we know that healthy things grow. Yeah. You know, so you even take like just physical growth. It's it's very normal for an infant to drink milk. That's how they survive, right? Um, so if you're a new Christian, you need first things. You need basic teachings. You need a foundation of good systematic theology and how to, you know, interpret the Bible and some basic biblical theology. Like you need those things. Uh, but as kids grow, they need to diversify their diet. Mm. It'd be weird for a four-year-old to still be drinking a bottle, mm-hmm. right? Um, it'd be weird for a seven-year-old to not be able to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, that would not be normal. Something's wrong if, if, if that's the case. And I think what the author's saying is, in like fashion, like there should be a, a growth and a development in your understanding of the scriptures and in your understanding of God um, that we can't stay on milk forever. Yeah. Nor should we want to. Like it it would be a natural craving for you to begin to want to eat other things. Um, So I, I, you know, I think it's a really helpful picture there to go and you guys are behind. There's there is a delay here that's not healthy. Yeah. 
in in your progress in Christ. And when you're talking about this in this sermon, we really appreciate that you sang for us the old wanna grow up. jingle from Toys R Us Kids. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> But it was a great picture. Yeah, it'd be it'd be weird if a forty five year old was in Toys R Us just jumping up and down with their right. new tickle me Elmo. Right. Um But let's talk about what this means and what it doesn't mean. Okay. Right? Especially with like how we talk about things at City Life Church. One of the things we often talk about is you never graduate from the gospel. Right. It's the gospel is is, is not just the ABCs of Christianity, it's the A to Z. Right. So what we're not saying is that there's some higher level, um, there's something higher than the gospel we get to that that's a theological realm of higher enlightenment. That's not what we're not saying, right? right? So so what are we saying to those who maybe feel like, well, I, you know, I go to church and I try to read my Bible some and I try to be a good Christian. What What are we saying and how does it connect with the gospel in terms of we never graduate from it. Well, I titled this sermon Further Up and Further right. In, right? Which was a reference to the last battle in the Chronicles of Narnia. And essentially the picture there is the new Narnia, heaven. Um, it's always further up and further in. Yeah. The, once you get on the inside, it continues to grow and expand. It's way bigger than you thought it was. And it's, it's an endless um, exploration of God and his works. His, his creation, his goodness, um, that you can never exhaust it, um, which is a beautiful picture of who God is and what the new creation will be like. Um, but that starts now. And so we never move beyond the gospel, but we should be moving further up and further in, bringing it to bear in every aspect of our lives, seeing how it applies, seeing how it confronts, seeing how it delivers, seeing the beauty and the rich, you know, it's kind of like looking at a diamond, you know, a cut diamond, you know, there's so many angles and the diamond sparkles and reflects, Mm. Uh, it refracts in a thousand different ways. Um, And that's true of the gospel. And some of us are still only seeing it in one or two ways. I mean, part of what I was pushing on in this sermon is um, the gospel is not just get out of hell free card. Right. It's not just fire insurance. And that's how a lot of people treat it. Well, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to believe in Jesus. And it's like, man, yeah, Jesus came to deliver us from hell. Man, he also came to help us to taste and to see that he's good. He came to give us himself. And he wants us to delight in him. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what the author's getting at here is like, man, it's not that we move beyond, but there is we got to get beneath the surface here, right? Wade out into the into the deeps, um, because there are so many marvels and mysteries out there. Yeah, and so the call to therefore let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, it doesn't mean leave, uh, you know, the death and resurrection of Christ on our behalf. It doesn't mean leave. Right these foundational teachings, but it means go, to your point, deeper in and further up. That that basic principles language, like, essentially means, like, ABCs. Yeah. And so I think what the author's saying is, like, let's get beyond phonics yeah. and sight words, and let's start reading novels. Like, that's the whole point of the alphabet, is not to give us, you know, sea dog run. You know, it's to give us 
you know, Charles Dickens and to give us Ernest Hemingway and, and Zora Neale Hurston. And like, it's to give us literature. It's to give us beauty. It's, and some of us are still going cat in our yeah. faith, you know? And, and I think that's what he's pushing on. It's not that we don't need those things. It's that, man, those things are taking us to places um, that are so amazing. If we'll, if we'll, take those steps and make progress and i think it's important to note that he's not like what we're not talking about is just gain a bunch of knowledge right we're actually talking about deeper affections for yes. christ and his word yes. like it's not just puffed up knowledge it's a, 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 an understanding of the gospel and who jesus is and who god is that that makes us come alive and that's where you know i, th- I quoted john piper in my sermon right. that's where he's so helpful to go like the things that you love you want to know Right. It has to start with knowledge. Um, you can't love a thing without knowing a thing. Yeah. Now, the end game is not mere cognitive, you know, knowledge. Like it's not just to stay in the brain. It's not just facts. But you have to know something about someone to right. love them. Right. You, you can't say, man, I just love that person, but I don't want to know anything about them. That doesn't play. <laughs> Try that with your wife. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That, that, that doesn't work. Same is true with God. So, um, I think, I think there, there's a real invitation here. Mm. Um, and I think for us at the beginning of the year to come in, God is inviting me deeper in, in the scriptures. There is so much here. I mean, the whole book of Hebrews is like this deep dive into how Christ is the fulfillment of all of these patterns and pictures and people and promises in the old Testament. Um, but you can really only appreciate that. If yeah. you dive in. Yeah. And I think what our people need to hear is like, because the gospel is true, because Jesus is real, you're free to be honest in your reflection. You're, yeah. f- you're free to be spiritually immature in this moment because Christ has been our spiritual maturity for us in the sense that it's not it, spiritual maturity is not what gains us access with the father. Right. God doesn't love you more because you read your Bible last right. year. But, but you might love him more. Yeah. But you're free to go, hey, actually, I'm not where I want to be. Right. Christ has already perfected me on his path through his imputed righteousness. That's true. But I'm, I'm free to be honest and go, I want to grow. Matt Smethers said this uh, the other day on Twitter, and I thought it was so helpful. He says, as you start new resolutions, remember, spiritual disciplines are not about making you more precious to God. They're about making God more precious to you. What a great word. And that's really what we're saying here. Yes. You know, this is not about you earning God's favor, him liking you more. This is about you loving him more. That's what these spiritual disciplines are about. Yeah. That's the invitation the author's extending. And so when we put before you a Bible reading plan, like we did this last Sunday, the five-day plan, it's not for you to check off the box of Christianity. It's for you to enjoy. Slow down and enjoy Jesus. It. Yeah. Enjoy the goodness of Jesus. And we actually believe, like we we would confess that the Holy Spirit attends to the study of, of the Word of God yeah. because we believe that He inspired the Word. And so something mysterious and wonderful can happen if you slow down and invite the Spirit in, yeah. in your Bible reading. And it may not happen every day, but we believe God meets with us there and reveals more of Himself to us in those moments that spiritual things are discerned spiritually by the spirit. Right. Amen. 
Well, our hope for each of you this year and for us is that we continue to grow, uh, that we grow and begin to really enjoy the solid food of the scriptures and Christ. Amen. We'll see you next week. If you want to find out more about City Life Church or have any questions about the kinds of things we talked about today, you can head over to citylifechurch.org and fill out a digital connect card. We'd love to reach out and stay in touch with you. Thanks for listening.